my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone is having an absolutely blessed, safe day today, as always. And we're still getting a lot of rain down here in Florida. Been watching some of the videos of some of the um, northern Florida areas towards Perry and other parts on the coast. And I definitely got a lot of surge, a lot of flooding up there now. I know I talked to my buddies in the Polk County Sheriff's Department. They've deployed uh, hurricane response up there. Uh, Polk County Sheriff's Department probably has the largest hurricane response team in the entire country. And uh, the convoy they go up there with is insane. I mean, it's pretty cool to see some of the stuff they do and have the ability to be completely off the grid pretty much indefinitely. I mean, they have their own mobile command center, their own bunkhouse, their own food as far as their own kitchen. I mean, it's it's pretty cool what they go up there with, and um, they're very, very effective at getting a lot of people safe and helping people and doing a lot of recovery. And uh, so they're out there right now working on that because there's definitely some spots that got hit pretty hard, and we'll see what happens over the next coming weeks if any more of these things are starting to get brewed up. And so if you guys need anything, be sure to stay stocked up for anything that might occur. Healthmasters.com, you know where to get a hold of us at for all your highest quality. The supplements, the 5-HTP, y'all voted in it one as product of the week. Really, really good at helping out with overall mood, helping out with positive outlook. Also helps out with appetite and restful sleep pattern. So be sure to check that out, the 5-HTP. That's one of the staples that I always recommend in the basic mood stack with the omega-3 fats, the B-complex, and the 5-HTP. Those three right there stacked together really, really well. So be sure to check them out at healthmasters.com. It was interesting last night. One of uh, Savannah, my sister, her friends who's active duty in the Air Force at an uh, Air Force base. I'm not going to give out where it is because she doesn't want me putting her out there like that. And we were talking last night. We were having discussions about a lot of stuff that's currently happening right now. And I asked her, I said, well, I said you're active duty. I said, you're on leave right now. I said, what do you think is going to happen as far as with this whole COVID nonsense? And she goes, well, it's intentionally being spooled up right now. She goes, a lot of the higher-ups that I talked to said they're all very concerned because there's rumors swirling in the military that by December we're going to start seeing all types of military mandates. She goes, I don't know what they're going to do in the civilian sector. She goes, but it's highly probable that they're going to start trying to force the military to get this next round of this COVID shot. And I asked her, I said, you, you understand what it is, this RNA gene therapy? She goes, well, I know exactly what it is. She goes, I know a lot of people have gotten sick from it. And she goes, you know, a lot of the medical exemptions and religious exemption waivers, you know, we've all turned in and fought and everybody's up and down trying to figure out how they can get past it. She goes, it feels like pretty much from what we're hearing, this is going to start all over again in December. Right now, they're trying to do damage control. And the mainstream media, if you guys have noticed, if you watch this, they're trying to put out all this rhetoric stating that there are no mandates put in place. There are no masks being brought up. Nothing's going on at all. But yet, oh, COVID surging, COVID surging all over the place. Be scared again. And again, it's just straight up theater. And I think what, again, I told you, I think the play is going to be with this is once this shot rolls out in about two weeks, two, three weeks, middle middle September is when it's supposed to roll out. I think you're going to start seeing a massive influx of people being hospitalized and getting unbelievably sick from the shot. And then what's going to happen is they're going to say it's COVID related and why everybody needs to get the shot immediately because they've manipulated the numbers and the data so much now. They can pretty much make them say, make things say, 
whatever they want it to be. Everybody's figured that out now. Remember all the, the research they tried to come out with with the CDC originally with showing that masks were effective at stopping the spread. They took test dummies and basically put fluid in their mouth and put masks over them and basically tried to get the test dummies to basically spit water out. Oh, they could spit water out 10 feet without a mask across the room and all this stupid stuff. This, when you put a mask on, it massively reduces the amount of exposure to this. It was total theater. I mean, it wasn't even a realistic study whatsoever. And then later on, we started seeing the real research that had been out for years showing the mask had no impact in reduction of flu or COVID later on as well. So just something I wanted to share with you guys there. I don't know what's going to be happening over the next couple months, but she was very confident that a lot of the stuff in the military right now is going to be coming back by the end of the year. I really hope that's not accurate. I really hope it doesn't happen. I do know there's been a lot of rumors as far as in the airline industry as well that the masks are going to be coming back for um, passengers and employees as well. We'll just have to see about that. But one thing that I have said repeatedly that one of the biggest things everybody can do right now is be absolutely belligerently vocal about not complying with any of this stuff. And what do I mean when I say that? I mean be obnoxious with it. Make sure everybody knows if you've got a big social media platform, if you've got something you do with a podcast, whether you talk to people, make it well known that you're supporting freedom. Make it well known that you're not going to comply with this. I've told you guys this repeatedly. You can look this up on your own research if you want. The algorithms and the data logs that they have from social media determine a lot of what the plays are put in place by these globalist banker boys. They use social media as a tool platform to look and see what type of support certain topics are getting, what type of backlash certain topics are getting, all based on the likes, based on the cameras, based on the microphones, based on the comments, based on the likes. All this stuff gets put into an algorithm database, and they will get a statistical probability. If you continue to push this, there's a 98% probability people will go along with it. And we saw this happen very blatantly during COVID. That's why you saw the fact checkers and the restrictions on social media about COVID news and fake news. It got so aggressive because they were doing everything they could to spin the narrative and keep it in their favor. Well, what's happened right now is the momentum against mass mandates, against lockdowns, against any type of COVID nonsense tyranny is already so large, the tidal wave can't be stopped because so many people are getting vocal about it. That is crucial, my friends. So again, be vocal about it. Make it hurt. If you're around somebody and somebody brings it up, say, absolutely not. I'm not doing along with any of this anymore. I'm not complying with any of this stuff. We're over this. We're done with this. We're not going to live with a spirit of fear. And what also that does is when you talk to somebody and they may be a little nervous, they may be a little on the fence, but when you speak with confidence, with conviction, that you know this is my stance, this is what I believe, you also instill conviction and you instill encouragement in that person as well. If they're having a hard time right now or they're floating around the fence of what they're thinking, they're going, oh, well, so-and-so is pretty confident about this. You know, he's, he's not living in fear. He's staying healthy. You know, he's taking his supplements and his vitamin C and his D3 and living his life. Well, you know, if he's doing that. You know, I should do that too. You know, he seems pretty confident on this. And what it does is it has a snowball effect of encouraging others. That's why I always tell you all the time, it's really important. You look out for one another, your friends and family. Sometimes people are going through stuff, man, and they don't even, nobody even knows about it because people just don't want to talk about it and they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to have a problem. They don't want to feel a burden. And so they just let stuff go. 
And, you know, deep down inside, they just want somebody to talk to. So if you ever get that check sometimes just to text somebody or call somebody, just shoot a text. Hey, bud, been thinking about you. Hope you're doing well. Have a great day. Call me if you need anything. Something like that, man, can be a huge impact in somebody's life for positive, and that goes the same way with supporting and encouraging one another for standing up for freedom and not falling prey to the COVID narrative again. Just thought I would throw that out there first thing this morning. Also, too, speaking of that, and this is, again, exactly what I'm talking about, now the Mississippi governor, Tate Reeves, came out blatantly, and he said Mississippians will not and should not submit to fear ever again. In the early days of COVID, there was understandable uncertainty. We did not know what we were facing. As the month unfolded, it became clear that there were two pandemics. This is the Mississippi, this is the Mississippi governor right now. He said there were two pandemics, a disease that could spread and could be deadly for people that were very vulnerable, and a pandemic of fear stoked by the expert class that demanded total subjugation. He added that the simple answer to mandates is saying no. We will not return to widespread masking or COVID rules. We will not go along with any of this. This is an upswing, possibly. It's not a surge. It's not even a wave. It's not anything we're going to go along with. Pretty bold statement from Mississippi governor. And again, this is exactly what I just said. When these governors see other governors like DeSantis, like Abbott over in Texas, start standing up and saying, no, we're not going along with this. We're, we're banning this. You're not, you're not going to sit there and try to force tyranny on people and tell them to like it and eat it. It's not caviar. It's no good. And so this really is important. You make sure you kind of understand who's running your state. Because remember, the governor is kind of like the president of the state, so to speak. If you got a good governor in, really great. If you got a really bad governor – like, you know, Gretchen Whitmore up in Michigan, or you got, you know, nuisance over in California. Some of these guys, they're just absolute nightmares. And again, very difficult to make a lot of change in a state if you have a true tyrannical governor running it. So just something to be aware of and understand the state you're living in and be really confident with what you know is to be true and be vocal about it. Also, too, in other news as well, this is something that I saw that was very interesting. And dad sent me this article yesterday, and I saw a couple other people send it to me. It was involving another gun shop that's filing lawsuit against ATF. And what we're starting to see now, this is in Florida. This was a uh, kiloton tactical. This is a gun store that basically is in central Florida. You can look them up online if you want. And, uh, they're in uh, defunct Springs, Florida. And what's crazy about this now is they're filing suit against ATF because a industry operator inspector from ATF, an IOI is what they call them. They're basically the, the clowns of the ATF. They literally are the clowns. So they go around and try to find problems to manufacture at, deal, at gun dealers. And so what's happened is now there's been a massive uptick. I explained this the other day of these IOAs, these industry operator inspector clowns. And so, I mean, they literally should come in with a red wig and a red nose on and just come in there and say, hey, I'm the ATF clown. I'm here to do stupid stuff. Don't mind me while I rummage through your shop. And they've been doing this at FFL dealers all across the country now where they're wanting to inspect the 4473 forms. Well, what they're doing now is they're literally looking for any indiscrepancy, a misspelled name, a number that's wrong, anything they can, and they automatically flag the store zero tolerance policy. In this case, this IOA inspector actually seized 
the 4473 forms, made copies of them, and then brought them back, which is actually a policy violation for ATF, considering that they didn't actually find any violations at the time of them taking the 4473 forms, which are not legally allowed to be taken from the FFL unless there is a problem, unless there is an incident. You can't The ATF can't just go in and seize forms and run off with them. So there has to be a specific reason. And what we're seeing now is – and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because any FFL dealer, any gun dealer, I'm encouraging you guys. I know a lot of FFL dealers. Be very vocal on social media, and also if you need to, file a lawsuit if this is happening. This is happening all across the country, and what's happening is now the ATF employees, these clowns, literally think they're like the strong arm of the law, and they've been given this total carte blanche immunity now by the Biden administration to shut down gun stores over small clerical errors, and they're calling them rogue gun dealers, but in practice – there are small gun stores that are being targeted by FFL revocations that is up 500% as far as according to this article that I read here from Kiloton Tactical. ATF seizures as far as – and basically shutdowns of FFLs is up 500%, rising to a 17-year high. And essentially they no longer have to – find a violation anymore that's willful they simply just have to find a clerical error and they default to shutting down the ffl and recording all the 4473 forms this is a very serious problem and it's happening very quietly and it's being done intentionally so be aware of that know where you bought your firearms at know what if you bought them you know and you did do a 4473 or you bought them locally from a friend and you didn't have to go through that just be aware of that understand the background of this and kind of where they're starting to get this set up and be very very cautious and so again ffl dealers get involved with this be vocal about this if you got to get involved and join lawsuits if this violation of the law is happening please do so don't go quietly into the night because this is definitely a problem that's happening and what do you think dad how are you doing this morning uh, good morning Oz. I'm, I'm doing great i'm glad you covered that article because i mean the clerical error now in the case that you're going to shut the entire store down i mean come on guys really and and the problem with that is this is the bureaucrats again they come in with these rules and regulations that nobody votes on, that nobody has a say on, but they put them in the law. And this is the problem with the shadow government when it does stuff like this. They just put these things in arbitrarily, and suddenly you find yourself, well, I didn't put the proper comma in, or I used an L instead of a 1, or a 0 instead of a, you know, an, a, you know, an, a, you know, an O, and all of a sudden now my whole shop's getting shut down. See, this is the problem that we have in a society that's so bureaucratic and so mired in red tape that you know you have the ability to put these laws in the place that nobody wanted. For example, we have a stop sign in my neighborhood. Okay, they just put it in there a few years ago. I've lived I've lived here for 30 years, and we didn't have a stop sign. You know, before a few years ago, I didn't want the stop sign. Nobody wants the stop sign, but there's a stop sign here, and the government, the city commission, decided to put a stop sign there against pretty much everybody's wishes here in the neighborhood. And now if you go through the stop sign, should be a yield sign, they give you a ticket. They'll sit there and hide behind a bush and, you know, pull you over. I have that happen to me personally. And, and you're like, and I told the guy, I said, I didn't vote for the stop sign. I don't want the stop sign. It's a useless stop sign. I said, I rolled through the stop sign like at half a mile an hour. And I said, you're now, you're, you're, you've got me, you know, you're, you got, you got me here talking to me. I want my driver's license and insurance cards. I said, for something that I didn't want, and this is what's happened to the United States of America. That's why the IRS paperwork is, you know, thousands of pages long. That's why the budget is thousands and thousands of pages long. 
<clears throat> we have all of this stuff coming into these budgets and these meetings and all the stuff that we don't want. But it's so caught up in red tape and bureaucracy now, we can't break out of it because these unelected officials have made these rules and regulations for us, which have put us in a real position of like subservience to them. I mean, you know, what did what did Ronald Reagan say? You know, you know, the IRS code book has made everybody criminals. You know, even if you try to pay all of your taxes, which I do all of the time, probably pay more than I should. It doesn't make any difference if they want to come in and do a forensic audit on you. They're going to find a dollar that you missed somewhere here or there. I mean, it's the same thing with state sales tax with the state of Florida. They have the ability to come in. If you don't pay your sales tax or if they do a full sales tax audit on you, they have the ability to send somebody in and basically sit down at your computer system without being even introduced to anybody in your office and go through your books and your records for as long as they'd like to try to find that you made a clerical error as far as paying sales tax. And if they find something that you haven't paid, they can come in and close you down or they can seize an asset or they can set stuff up for auction. All of these things are bureaucratic rules and regulations that are put into place that nobody voted for. I mean, nobody wants that, but the bureaucrats want that because they have to give their, their self teeth in order to be able to do what they need to do. You, know, you see it with the TSA agents. You see how they act you know, at the airports and how arrogant they are, some of them. Because they've got the teeth of the federal government behind them, and if you don't comply with their every wish and dictate, and if you say something you're not supposed to say, we're going to detain you and take you into the back room, and we're going to strip search you, boy. Uh, yeah, those guys. And I remember years ago, I, I this is crazy. I, I got stopped at LAX, and because I, you know, I'd pocket carried a Kimber, and I apparently had some gunshot residue left in my pocket, and it didn't make any difference. They finally took me to the back room. And they were going to, you know, they searched me like for the third time. And I had nothing on me. I mean, I not, not washed the pants properly, I guess, after I had some gunshot residue on them. I'm told they could have my pants. And then finally I said, well, if, if we're going to go naked, let's do it and get it over with. And they looked at me kind of funny. They said, go naked. I said, well, yeah, I've heard about you guys. And I said, well, you can't believe everything you hear. And I said, look, I said, all I know is this. You've searched me twice. Now you got me in the back room. We're just going to go. I said, I got a fl- I got a plane to catch. And they looked at me kind of funny. Well, we're not going to go naked. I said, well, good. I'm glad we're not going naked. I really didn't want to go naked with you guys. I said, this is ridiculous. Before it's over with, the head guy from security shows up and goes, let the guy go. I mean, obviously, he's got a concealed weapons permit. Obviously, he's telling the truth. Obviously, this is, a, this, is a, this is a mess, and we don't have to be dragging this guy into it. So all of that stuff is the rules and regulation that they were given by the federal government you know, from after 9-11. Then we, now we have IRS buying 40-caliber submachine guns. What? The weaponization and militarization of the federal government continues unabated as Congress and the states sit back and do nothing. When the corporate media asked the IRS why it needed automatic weapons, millions of rounds of ammunition, and heavily armed staffers trained in the use of force, they said it was for administrative reasons. But we now know that the globalists are not just arming the IRS along with just about every other federal agency. They are militarizing these agencies to the hilt with military-grade weapons not available to American citizens. Why, for instance, would the IRS need armored vehicles? flashbang grenades loaded with tear gas and a 40 caliber machine guns the irs has been arming it for the last 10 years at the end of 2017 the irs had 4487 firearms and were 5 million rounds of ammunition to its weapons cache according to the august 8th 22 forbes article inflation reduction act takes act unleashes a tougher irs here's the an excerpt from the forbes article the schumer mansion tax bill known as the inflation reduction act which was passed the senate on sunday raises taxes and will give the IRS billions to go into what the Wall Street Journal called beast mode. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to read the rest of this. I'm going to go ahead and just post it to you. But, you know, it's not alone with just the IRS getting machine guns 
We have all kinds of other people coming in now and getting all kinds of weapons and all kinds of other stuff. You know, DHS is now saying, the Department of Homeland Security is saying, there is no return to pre-9-11 freedom ever. Oh, I'm a federal agency. I can do what I want to do. Peasant. Yeah. No return to pre-9-11 freedom ever. Looking back over the last 10 years and thinking about where many of us were and how we felt when the towers fell, it's surreal. These are sad, sad thoughts, but what I find more sad is the fact that we've allowed our country become more and more of a police state over the last 10 years or saying 10 years, I'm saying 20 years. And apparently the end is not in sight and will likely become only worse. When the Department of Homeland Security was launched after 9-11, when the Patriot Act was launched as a bill that would last only four years, many freedom Americans squabbled. Most turned to the rebels, most, to return, most turned to those rebels and told them to shut up, that it was necessary to protect America. Then we allowed the TSA to militarize our airports and treat us like cattle. Then came the unsecured and blatant violation of personal privacy and when travelers' data was being collected and the course of full-body pat-downs of children and full-body scans. Wow, let's not forget the colonoscopies in the back room. Just thought I'd mention that. Oh, but a little before the whole body scam debacle was, of course, the hush-hush hiring of the ex-Stasi spy Marcus Wolf by DHS, who's better to know how to teach the government how to spy on its own citizens and evoke citizen-to-citizen tattletelling than an ex-German communist from East Germany. Is it any surprise that the years following Wolf's tenure as a consultant to DHS prior to his death we have now seen programs developed out of DHS that include the government asking its citizens to report on their neighbors and the institution of secret police force called the Viper Teams. It is rumored they greet each other with a hearty shield and sword. Wow. I'm going to post this article, too. It's uh, DHS, no return to pre-9-11 freedom ever. And, and, you know, and since we're talking about all of this stuff in 9-11, I want to cover one other thing, too, here. You know, you know, you know here's the thing. You know, we've got a group of people out there. That, you know, who are basically good in a lot of these agencies in the government. They really are. There's a lot of good sheriffs, a lot of good police officers, a lot of good FBI agents. I know there's some good CIA agents, too. There are. Department of Homeland Security. These guys always say, I'm just doing my job because I've been ordered to do this. The time has now come, guys, for you good guys. You got to say no to these things. It's like Austin said. You got to be vocal. You got to be saying, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to apply. No, we're not going to take another shot. No, we're not going to do that. It's not something we're involved in. You know, the, 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 the 9-11 trigger, it did all of this stuff. It did all of it. And, and we need to be aware of that. I mean, David, David Icke wrote a book, The Trigger. Now, I agree with about 90% of David Icke. I do. You know, I, I do actually agree with him on most of the stuff that he writes. Now, I don't agree with his anti-Christian rhetoric. That's nonsense. That's the only reason I haven't brought him on the show is because of that. I'm not going to have him do that on my broadcast and Austin's broadcast. It's not going to happen. But a lot of what he writes is true, and everybody needs to read that book that he wrote, 9-11, The Trigger. It's a book. It's a beast of a book. It's a 1,000 pages long. But it goes into the Kabbalist, Luciferian, Synagogue of Satan group. He doesn't call them that, but that's what they are, that are running the planet and how they use 9-11 as a trigger. I had multiple friends of mine. I remember after 9-11, they were all, ha-ha, you know, we got we to gotta have the Patriot Act, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, we don't. We don't need the Patriot Act. Yeah, we do. We've got to have that. We're going to have to kill, you know, you know, you know, you know, the, the, you know, the Iraqi president. We've got to do all of that. Saddam Hussein. I was like, no, we don't. Let's see if he's got weapons of mass destruction and all the rest. I had a friend of mine who's a circuit court judge, and he was so excited that they had hung Saddam Hussein. And I thought to myself, wow. And I told him, I said, you know, why are you acting like this? I said, this is not okay. 
I said, we can't go into a foreign country and start hanging their presidents for doing nothing. We couldn't find any weapons over there. Oh, no, he needed to go. I'm like, we don't have that right. We don't have that right to go in other countries. But David Icke is right. And I told you the same thing 20 years ago, over 20 years ago now, before we were on the air, when I do other podcasts and other shows. 9-11 was the trigger. The Patriot Act was the trigger. It was supposed to be something temporary, but we've been stuck with it now for over 20 years. And the sad part about it is, is that this whole thing, with what I just talked about, about TSA and all that, was all part of that. And now, interestingly enough, Robert J. O'Neill, the Navy SEAL who supposedly killed bin Laden, is arrested in Texas for assault and public intoxication. Robert Neal, 47, was arrested in Texas on Wednesday on charges of assault. Neal, who was the Frisco, who had, was in Frisco to record a podcast at a cigar lounge, was released on a $3,500 bond. The former SEAL Team 6 leader, soldier, had taken credit for the firing of the rounds, which killed Osama bin Laden during the raid in 2011. Now, I'm going to step out of here for one second. Osama bin Laden was dead long before this. Remember they dumped his body out of the helicopter on the way back to the uh, carrier? No forensics could be done. No proof of who he was could be done. Uh, you know, also, we know he had all kinds of diseases and he was already long dead before this happened. And we know that Hillary Clinton and Obama were involved in the middle of this mess to right all up to their elbows and this stuff. I don't believe for one second that. And remember what happened right after that with SEAL Team 6? They had that bomb go off or that rocket got launched into the helicopter they were in and killed almost all of the guys who were supposedly in the raid. Yep. Dead men tell no tales, don't they, boys and girls? Yeah, man, I, you know, it was so funny. I told Sharon we were going on a cruise right after that. We were going to go to, I think we went to a cruise to Norway. This is, you know, 2011, I guess. And I remember I told Sharon, I said, these boys are dead. And she goes, no, what do you mean? I said, the SEAL team's going to be taken out because of what they just said and said they did and what has been accredited to them because you can't get all these guys in the SEAL team that are super high IQ, many of them, and officers, many of them, and, you know, and people that have been trained to respect the rule of law, many of them to shut up about what just happened because they did not kill Osama bin Laden and they're not going to be quiet about it. Remember all the swift boat things with Kerry and all the guys that were coming out when he was running for president, when they were saying what a coward he was and all the other stuff that he had as far as all the guys in Vietnam. Yeah. You don't want to leave those guys alive because they start running their mouth. They start talking. You train these guys on how to handle explosives. You train them how to handle weapons. You had trained them how to tell the truth. You tried to train them how to, how to obey a chain of command, a chain of orders. And suddenly you tell them to lie, lie, and then lie. And by the way, we want you to lie. And if you don't get stopped here, we're going to have you lie some more. Yeah. Suddenly, Robert O'Neill, the Navy SEAL who killed Laban, Laban is arrested in Texas for assault and public toxication. So is he at the point now where he can't deal with the lies anymore? I often wonder how Neil Armstrong and all the rest of those guys who supposedly went to the moon in Apollo, who were all high-level masons, I might add, could continue to tell these lies of what they did and how they did it all the way through until they passed away. I always wonder about that, how you can be that, how that you can be that, how should I say, willing to compromise your own values and your own ethics. Well, of course, the Masonic Lodges at the age of, you know, the 30th degree, they get to, you know, tell everybody they're not Christians anymore in the Lodge, and they basically get to commit themselves to Lucifer. thought I'd mention that for you guys who don't know about 30th degree initiations in the Masonic Lodges in which you go into the mortuary, which was the Masonic Lodge. They turned it into a mortuary, and the guy who wrote the Zohar is sitting there in the casket pretending like he's dead. And says to you who goes there, yeah, those guys, those are the same guys that we're supposed to believe when they tell us all of this stuff. I'm afraid I just don't believe these guys. I just, just don't want to do it. And by the way, this is another interesting article because nobody wants to look at this. Does this explain the epidemic of colorectal cancers in young Americans? Scientists prove link between junk food and the formation of stomach tumors for the first time. 
Yeah, we've known about that for a long, long time. And then when you get into a situation where you have a turbo cancer in your body because you've downregulated your immune system, yeah, this stuff can come on you pretty fast and kill you pretty quick too. We need to be aware of who all these people are and what they're doing and why it's happening to us. Some people are saying that oil is going to go back through the roof again, or they're saying that oil is going to be at $300 a gallon, which is you know what four times the current rate approximately. What does that mean? Does that mean that diesel fuel is going to be at $16 a gallon? Is that what they're trying to do? Is that where they're taking us? I mean, every, I bought a water hose the other day. It was unbelievably expensive. Then I was even more shocked when I bought a 100-foot extension cord, 100-foot extension cord for this hurricane thing. It's $79. I used to pay 19 bucks for a 100-foot extension cord. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it was four times. It's 400% higher rate. And this is what happens. You take trillions of dollars, you dump them into the economy for COVID relief fund. Yeah, you start giving huge amounts of cash away to everybody, not having people pay rent anymore, and everything is hyperinflated. Notice how slowly it's trying to come back down again, if at all. Good article just came out. It says Catherine Austin Phipps explains the cabal's land and real estate stealing tactics. Wow, and you know, it's, this is a good article. Good article. I, I like Catherine Austin Phipps. If it wasn't for the time change with her, I would have her on the show. She's over in Europe now, and, and here's 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 what she says. She says moving people to quarantine is good if you want to install things, but if you're stealing real estate, it gets pretty obviously pretty quick. It's better to scare them. Out of so they pay their own expenses of going elsewhere as much as possible. You want free range solutions. Based on what she saw at HUD and during the pandemic, tactics depend on local jurisdictions, local laws. Here we go again local resources, local jurisdiction, local you know, rules and regulations, as well as the covert operations they choose to use locally at the same time. The success of their operations depends on several lines acting in concert intelligence, surveillance government in the health arena, banks and insurance companies, media, real estate developers, and investors. This coordination already exists in the management of places, but it's hard for most people to see or fathom. The sweet spot is the amount of real estate that can be picked up and the capital gains this translated into for investors, publicly traded company, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, and the political donations that flow to politicians for these capital gains. Here we go. Number one, force of sale. Do things that shut down private businesses and personal income and or lower the value of real estate, including by radically increasing costs like costs of remediation or requiring installation of new sewer systems or equipment and or permit the cancellation of insurance. Yep. A lot of helpful tactics, tactics can be applied through lenders, banks, and insurance providers who are playing ball. Number two, condemnations to those who deal with pathogens. This is what WHO pandemic treaty aims to do, among other enslavement things. Number three, eminent domain. Price would be much lower, presumably, after the pathogens are found. In other words, we have an Ebola outbreak in Maui. We have to evacuate Maui. Number four, emergency money to help move. Except all the money goes to the insiders who are moving in or playing local persons and helping the insiders move in and take over. Number five, supporting media. Very gaslighting. Here we go. The media, 90% owned by the same people that own the pharmaceutical corporations who run the international banking cartels who own the central banks. Number six, poisoning. Poisoning media, very gaslighting. You can see that too. Poisoning of individuals or failures of water systems will cause disability and death like cholera, which are likely to force sales. In case you want to keep things as complex as possible under the guise of helping, you'll have heavy surveillance of all parties and your covert operations of media in combination can take care of isolating or compromising individual parties who are slowing you down or stopping you. Covert operations will by and large be done by or through corporate contractors and a mob, drug cartels. 
wow, is this absolutely what's happening here or not? This is amazing to me. But you see the same thing in Maui. Relief aid is not being allowed to get through. The roads are closed. They're having to use boat docks a mile, two miles up the road outside of the burn zone in order to have boats come in to bring relief aid, including water supplies to the people that are living there because FEMA can't get it distributed. This is what they're talking about in this article, Catherine Alstern Pitts says. If you make it miserable for them, they're going to want to move as quickly as they possibly can, get whatever they can for their property, and leave. That's the goal here with the New World Order. New World Order. Some people are saying Cedar Key was basically was was aimed at to be directed and destroyed because it's been completely flooded. Those people in Cedar Key are pretty doggone tough. I don't think they're going to run them off that easy. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? Oh, you're spot on. Yeah, I mean, Cedar Key got hit hard. But, I mean, one thing about it is in Florida, when you have backup, like the Polk County Sheriff's Department and the support of a lot of local groups in a lot of areas, we've learned a long time ago how to band together in Florida. It's a very resilient state, especially the locals that are here, the original Floridian locals that are all here like us that have dealt and done with a lot of this. But you're exactly right. You were talking about what they've been doing with the housing market and what they're wanting to do to control a lot of this stuff. And that's one of the reasons why they're using the guise of raising interest rates precipitously, one of the fastest they've ever raised interest rates last year, you know, coming into this year, to combat inflation, that they're the ones that made it happen with the $7 trillion in COVID funds that we find out more and more and more. This stuff was just another giant money laundering scheme. A lot of people don't realize what they're doing now is setting up these houses with these interest rates to keep going up and up and up. If people get into houses right now, you're pretty much going to be buried in that house. I mean, if you do a calculation, right? So the average house in Florida is like $400,000 now. If you have an average mortgage rate of like 7.9%, that means your payment on a $400,000 house is going to be almost $3,400 a month. Now, what's crazy about this is the first year, you're going to pay $32,000 in interest and $3,000 in principal. That's it. And over the lifespan, if it was a 30-year note, you'll end up paying $1.2 million for the house with almost $700,000 in interest on a $400,000 house. Yeah, that's the numbers on a 7.9% note on a house. On a on just on a four hundred thousand dollar house, which is like the average price now around here, which is crazy to me because I knew four or five years ago you could pick up a decent house in Arbordale for one hundred forty, hundred fifty grand all day long. And so what's happened is now this market—they're getting people to the point where they're pricing them out of the market. A lot of people aren't going to be able to swing almost a four thousand dollar a month payment, and that's why so many people are turning to renting. That's why you see BlackRock going in and buying up entire subdivisions before they're even built. Personally, heard this from developers going in and buying up the entire subdivision and turning the subdivision into one giant rental. That way, the prices are lower than getting a mortgage, and you can rent the house for this low rate. Leasing houses now is becoming a thing, which I, I never even knew that was much of a thing before. You see that all the time now. I've gone past subdivisions, all brand-new houses, open for lease. And again, that's going to be another way to control people and control the way they live. You start coming in, and you have somebody sign a one- or two-year lease at a good rate, and then suddenly they live there. They're comfortable there. They're happy there. And then the banker boys come in two years from now and go – by the way, your lease is up. If you want to renew it, uh, your lease is going from 2000 a month to 4000 a month now. Uh, here's the new paperwork. And there's nothing you can do about it because the lease is over. The obligation is over, and you have to sign a new lease. And what's going to happen is it's going to drive more people out of those areas into smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller houses, which is their overall goal. So be very aware of that as far as with finances, with interest rates, and whatever you're getting involved in right now. Always use wisdom and take your time. 
never get in a hurry as far as when you're starting to do stuff. I've seen so many times, I've told you guys this before, be cautious when you start having a salesman or a realtor or somebody pull the, oh, I got somebody else right on the list right now. If you don't want the house, I'm just going to give to them. If you want, if you need to do it, you need to do it right now. You need to buy the house right now. The response is, no, I'm okay. We'll just see what happens then. You know, because what happens a lot of times with these sales guys is they're trying to get their commissions closed for the end of the month. They're trying to make a certain amount of money by selling it. It's just another sale to them. And so what happens is they use that tactic to try to force people into buying something. In a lot of cases, they wouldn't normally do if they were being wise because, well, you know, sometimes deals don't need to be done. You can take a step back from them. So just something to be aware of. Also, too, in other news, this is wild. A man is being named uh, a hero hailed a hero by the truckload carriers association the tca his name is michael however they have not given his full name out they're calling him a tca highway angel for discovering turning in and chasing down human traffickers with multiple children in a cage in the back of a pickup truck with a tarp over it and this story is bizarre but i mean this guy he 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 blasted these guys out there as far as getting the information out there, getting the troopers involved. And uh, he said he basically was at a rest stop and this truck pulled up, this big like rollback truck and had this huge tarp over the back. And all of a sudden the truck pulled up to the side of the rest area. And he's, he's talking about this in a podcast and basically what exactly happened. And all of a sudden somebody gets out of the truck and they start letting these kids out of this cage in the cage. They got hammocks in it and pillows in it. It's a cage guys. Like 15 kids in it. Some of them, when they were covered, they were as young as three and four years old. Many of them on the missing children reports as far as they've been reported missing. And he has video footage of the police stop because what happened was they took off and basically took these kids in the bathroom, put them back in the cage, took off. He followed them, was on the phone with Highway Patrol, got Highway Patrol involved, and was continuing to follow them as fast as he could, promised his truck. Max is out of 75, he said. So they were basically running off. He's in a semi-truck. And so they were taken off. He was trying to keep visual eye on them until the troopers got a hold of the troopers to pull them over, basically arrested both the drivers and rescued these kids. And, you know, I watched some of the footage of, you know, the police stop and all this stuff. And it's so bizarre to me that people still want to run around and pretend that we don't have this happening right now on a regular basis, that this isn't a normal occurrence. Then this is in New Mexico on I-10, you know, with children locked in a cage with tarps over it. And it bothers me so much that a lot of people want to discount this topic. That's why I was such a big proponent of Sound of Freedom. I got so sick of people sending me emails to me, oh, you know who produced it? You know who You know who, who, who funded this movie? And I'm like, how about you address the fact that this is a serious problem in the United States and that we all need to be aware of it and make precautions and be vigilant in exposing this stuff and protecting your children and your family at any and all cost. Sometimes a movie is something that will wake somebody up and realize we don't live in a Pollyanna world. There are sick, sadistic individuals out there that like to kidnap children, and they are trying to kidnap children, and they are kidnapping children. And we need to understand this stuff. And so this, I'm glad this guy, you know, he got on the phone. He chased these guys down, and the troopers rescued these poor kids. And um, But these, there's some sick people out there. And I've told you guys before. I said, 
when you're out in public, especially if you get, when you got your kids with you, or if your wife's out in public, she's got her kids with her, you have to be vigilant and aware with situational awareness. Don't have your head buried up your phone. Don't be walking around with your head in the sky. Be aware. There is a pop probability, a high degree of probability, anytime you go to a major public setting, whether it be a mall, whether it be an outlet store, whether it be anything, there is a high degree of probability you are going to encounter without knowing it somebody that is there looking to, ch- to traffic children. He may not engage you. He may not talk to you. He sees you. You may not see him. High probability. My buddies in the sheriff's department said that. Every single time you're out at a public setting, be aware of your surroundings. There's crazy stuff that we've seen now on footage all over the place. There's an incident I told you guys. It was a horrible incident back a year and a half ago that he was telling me about where this girl, 16 years old, never came home. And so she was at Target shopping, and her parents filed a police report. The police went back to Target. They got security footage, and sure enough, her car sitting in the parking lot. They can't find her. Car's locked up. Car's just sitting there. Can't find her. Not picking up her cell cell phone's dead. Well, they find video footage. They go back all the way to her getting there. They follow her through the store on video footage, and there's a guy that is following her throughout the entire store while she is shopping the entire time, following her, ghosting her. She basically goes out to her car. Van pulls up behind her car. He grabs her, throws her in the van. She disappears. They find her body three days later. That's how fast it happens. So please be aware of this, my friends, and use wisdom when out in public settings. And by all means, learn how to defend yourself, whether or not you want to carry a firearm, whether or not you want to legally carry a fixed blade, whether you want to legally carry CS spray, whatever it may be, or learn how to combat, you know, be combative physically. I always recommend that jujitsu, Muay Thai, karate, taekwondo, whatever you decide to do, learn it. Because there are a lot of things that are going to get weirder and weirder over the next couple of years, especially with this lawless mentality that is starting to spread across the country. And you're seeing it happen more and more and more now. With just There's a video somebody posted on Twitter. Somebody sent me yesterday. And it was at a mall over in California. And it was a row of cars. Row of cars on the parking lot. This is broad daylight at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. All the cars had all their windows smashed out of them. Everything was stolen out of the car. And then one of the cars, somebody decided they were going to go in and defecate in the back seat and smear it all over the back seat of the car after they stole everything in this girl's car. That's how low life there are people out there right now. So again, be aware of it and understand what's actually happening right now because there's definitely no doubt about it. There's some strange things happening. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. Tens of thousands of mothers are suing the makers of Tylenol for using the popular over-the-counter pain reliever during pregnancy, which resulted in giving birth to babies diagnosed with autism. The study from the NIH found out that pregnancy exposure to incetafetamin, the main ingredient in Tylenol, may increase a child's risk to autism and ADHD. Karen DeGroote is among the mothers in the lawsuit discussed for use of Tylenol during pregnancy and her son's autism during experience and during the appearance on News Nation Prime. And there's, I mean, and after, we've talked about set of feminists a ton, so I'm not going to go into detail with that. However, what I do want to bring up on this, though, is there's also a degree of possibility that I would like to see on all the research with this of how many of these children were also vaccinated at birth and received all their childhood vaccines. Because what I also think may be happening, as incetafetamine is extremely toxic, I don't recommend it, especially if you're pregnant, period. However, 
this also may be being used as being, being putting this out there in the mainstream media now as a scapegoat to cover up a lot of the vaccine side effects that occur with these children, especially after they get this new COVID shot that is now rolled out that has no long-term research whatsoever what RNA gene therapy does to young children, especially six-month-olds and up. I mean, you've got to be nuts to give this to a child. And so now they're using Tylenol, which already has an unbelievably bad rap, yet it's still on the shelf. They're using Tylenol as a scapegoat to say, well, Tylenol is causing all these issues with autism. Now, did you ever use Tylenol at any point in time in your life history? Well, yes. Ah, that's what's caused the autism in your child's birth 10 years later after you took Tylenol one time. Is it that's what's happening? I don't know, but I do know one thing. Tylenol is already a horrific compound in most cases. It's horrific on the liver. People know that. It's already got tons of lawsuits over it. So now, suddenly, there's all these lawsuits against Tylenol for causing autism. Can it cause autism? Very highly likely. Is this being used to cover up a lot of the vaccine side effects? Could possibly. Am I speculating? Yes. But is there some validity to my argument? Yes as well. What do you think, Deb? You're 100% right about this with the children and basically being abducted and all the rest of it. That story about the kids in the back of the pickup truck in a cage, uh, that's unbelievably awful. I, I, don't even, I don't even know what to say about that. But, of course, this is how they traffic children, and at least they let them take rest breaks. At least they spot them coming out of, the, out of their cage and out of their hammocks. I mean it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me that people who are driving those vehicles actually have zero conscience and zero empathy for what they're doing to these children because they know they're being sex trafficked. They know what's happening to them. They know where they're going to go, and that's why everybody needs to watch that movie, you know, The Sound of Freedom. And, again, I don't want to hear it any more than Austin wants to hear it. If you don't like the movie because of who produced it, who paid for it, then don't watch it. But the rest of us who really want to know about what's happening and see what's happening with all of this stuff and who want to let other people be aware of it, we need to be aware of it. There are a lot of people out there who came against the movie The Passion of the Christ because, you know, it had subtitles. You know, it was, it was in the original tongue of the, of the time, and they were mad about that, or they were mad about the fact that Mel Gibson was a Catholic. And it goes on and on and on and on. Guys, listen to me. Every once in a while, you know – you got to take the medicine whether you want to take it or not. And sometimes with Hollywood, it'll put out something that's good, that's actually telling the truth, like the passion of the Christ or the sound of freedom. We need to go ahead and just choke down the what we don't like with it and realize that at least people are being told the truth about what's happening. There was a video out years ago. It was by Stanford Strong, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was an interesting movie. It was back in, like in 1996, and it, it was Strong Against Crime. And I'm going to go ahead and post this against, you know, on the, on the Ted Bro or on the, on, the, on the Health Masters website. And forgive me, I'm trying to do things at once there. I'm trying to talk about this. I'm going to post it. It's called Strong Against Crime. And he talks about crime scene number two. And uh, this guy, I'm sure, is probably no longer alive because this movie was done over 20 years ago. And he was pretty old already in it. But he tells you what to do as far as prepping and situational awareness and all the rest of the stuff that you need to be aware of. In fact, I bought the video on this. And I'll never forget this. I had a girl named Tamara. I can mention her last name, but I'll mention her first name. And I remember we had driven her up with Sharon. It was back in the 90s. So you were looking at, what, 27 years ago? We had driven her up to High Point. And uh, her, she had her kids with her. She was looking at some furniture, and we were at the RV. And we were having fun. We had a good time with Tamara. But the problem is we put this video on for her, you know, stand for strong, strong against crime. And we were watching it in the RV. And after about five minutes, she goes, I don't want to watch this. It's too negative. Because it was talking about home invasions and how to prepare for them and all the rest of it. And I told her, I said, well, you need to be aware of this. At least know what to do in case you do have a home invasion. And, and one thing it said in there, it says never go to crime scene number two. 
what he means by that is crime scene number one is where that woman was picked up in that parking lot. They also just talked about with that van. They dragged her out of the van or dragged her into the van. They took her to crime scene number two where they killed her. Crime scene number two is where they kill you. It's better to you for you to scream and pitch a fit. If somebody jumps in your car with you, it's better to crash the car, do anything you have to, not to go to crime scene number two. Just make sure you bring your seatbelt and you don't kill yourself in the car if you crash it. But make sure you make a big enough commotion about it if someone jumps in your car with a gun that you run into something. Run into a light pole. Run into the front door. Run into whatever you want to do. Make a big enough deal that car is going to make enough noise that everybody's going to say, what the heck's going on in there? And I can guarantee you the perpetrators are going to go, God, this person can't drive. i got to run. They're going to jump out of the car and they're going to run off, hopefully. But regardless of that, you didn't go to crime scene number two where they could have their way with you. Be really, really careful. Look what Jeffrey Dahmer did. Look what all these weirdos do. Be very careful with what you're involved in, where you go, and the situational awareness that you have to have. It's Stanford Strong, Strong Against Crime. You can watch the video. It's free on YouTube. I'm going to go ahead and send it to you guys. I've already posted it at this point. It'll be up this evening. But the reality is Austin is right. When you have stuff like this that happens to people and children and everything else, we need to have situational awareness of it, and we need to tell the truth to people about it. It really, really is important that we do this because if we don't, What's going to end up happening is we're going to have a situation where just, you know, going to get worse and worse and worse. The government knows we have child trafficking. I personally think at the highest levels of the government, due to Jeffrey Epstein and a whole bunch of other people, they're fully aware of this stuff. Jeffrey Epstein was trafficking children to the higher ups, to our congressmen, to our senators, to our judges, to our executives. He was having people, including Bill Clinton, former president of the United States, and probably why he was president of the United States, on the Lolita jet. All of this stuff was happening all the time. And we see it now in retrospect, but the American population has a very, very short memory. They don't want to think about it because it's too negative. And it is negative. And I'll never forget with Tamara. She did not want to watch the video. And then she and her husband moved out to the islands, out of the Caribbean. Because he was, I think he was a British citizen, and he basically had the ability to go down there buy land, and they bought a nice home down there. And her husband was gone all the time; he's an absentee husband. And I'll never forget, within a couple of years after she refused to watch the video, she had a home invasion down there. The guys, I don't make this stuff up. I always tell you the truth. And the crazy part about it is, I try to get her to talk to me about that, and she wouldn't. This is the same girl who said, "I don't want to watch that. That's too negative. That's never going to talk. That's never going to happen to me, guys." Never is a pretty strong word. Sometimes you just have to be aware. Somebody said to me the other day, why do you always carry a gun? What are you scared of? And I said, I'm not scared of anything. I always carry a gun. And they looked at me kind of funny. What does that mean? And I said, if you have the ability to bear deadly force, it doesn't matter if you have two or three people. If you can get your weapon on time, come after you, you can still fend them off. You can still stop it. But if you don't have the ability to use deadly force, you can't stop it. Or if you're not trained properly, situational awareness is absolutely critical. You have to have the ability to know where you are, what to do, where to go, and how to respond. You got to respond. You can't you know, react badly. You have to be trained so you know how to do it. I know when you're flying an airplane. If you exceed your what's called the angle of attack and you get start climbing too fast and the engine plane stalls and stops producing lift, you have to know what to do. You can't think at that point, what do I do now? How do I fix this? What you do is you drop the nose, let the plane level back out again, let it get some speed going again, and you're able to basically recover the aircraft. But you can't sit around thinking, you know, for 10 minutes, I wonder what I should do now. I'm in a spiral. 
hmm, this is weird. I've never been in a spiral before. They train you when you fly how to deal with those types of situations so that you don't have to think about it whenever you get into that situation. It's situational awareness. The same thing is true with your life and with your security. Just I told you that story about me being in that Victoria's store, she, 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 she store with Sharon a few years ago, you know, and, you know, and they had an active shooter in the mall. And I took a position behind the cabinet at the front of the store. I wasn't thinking about what I already knew what to do. I wasn't trying to plan it. I already knew what to do. I knew exactly what to do. Now, they killed this guy out in the parking lot, which I'm sorry to see him die, but the reality is going to be running around brandishing weapons and threatening to shoot people at a mall either. I mean, so the reality is I had I did not have to engage with deadly force. I did not have to brandish a weapon. I didn't have to do anything. But I wasn't scared. I was prepared. There's a difference. Always remember that. Oh, by the way, John Whitehead has made a case for the America as a rising Fourth Reich. FBI, Gestapo tactics bear hallmarks of the 1930s totalitarian regime. With every passing day, the United States government borrows yet another leaf from Nazi Germany's playbook, secret police, secret courts, secret government agencies, surveillance, censorship, intimidation, harassment. These are not tactics used by a constitutional republic. They were the rule of where the rule of law and the rights of the citizenry remain power, remain supreme. Rather, they are the hallmarks of an authoritarian regime whose secret police control and population through fear, intimidation, and official lawlessness to part of the government agencies. Now, I don't like a lot of what happened in Germany in the 30s. You guys know that. But what happened in Russia with the Russian Revolution with Stalin and Lenin and the murdering over 50 some people, see 100 million Russians. And this crazy, crazy thing they did as far as the overthrow of the Russians are, that is the case they should be using here instead of the Fourth Reich. Because Stalin and Lenin were the big fries. Hitler has been basically pushed out here because of what happened with the Holocaust, et cetera, as the bad guy. But they made him look like small potatoes compared to what they did. They were, they were the bad guys. And that's what you have. The same thing with the Stasi East Germany and all the rest of the stuff and all the stuff that happened behind the Iron Curtain. All of the stuff we need to be aware of. But remember, because Russia was our ally during World War II, remember that, we don't like to put this into the history books of what they did with Stalin and Lenin. Always remember what happened. Read The Bad War by Mike King. It goes into detail on what happened in World War II. So, again, be careful with where you are. Be careful with your family and children. Teach your wife to be situationally aware. And, guys, ladies, listen to me. It's important. If you feel uncomfortable at all, walk out with a group of people to your vehicle. Call the mall security and ask them to escort you to the, your vehicle. They will do that. Yes, Probably get a golf cart absolutely. and drive you out. Don't be getting out in the parking lot, especially at night. Be very, very careful. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's the rest of this? Let's finish up. Oh, you're spot on with that. Don't feel embarrassed or awkward or strange if you have to ask somebody or security to go out there and escort you. I know I remember Lynn and I had talked about that before. You know, she's been at the mall before. It starts getting a little bit later. And, you know, if there's a couple, you know, or a group of people or a couple that looks like, I mean, they're decent individuals, you tell them, like, hey, you guys mind? It's getting a little dark out. You know, can I, can I walk with you guys? My vehicle's parked right over there. And most anybody that's decent, I've actually, I had that happen one time when me and Lynn are out. There's a lady. She's like, hey, are you guys going out there? I said, yeah. She's like, okay, I'm, I'm just walking with you guys. Just casually. I mean, we weren't really talking much of anything, but she was just kind of walking with us until she got in her car. I mean, I'll be the first one to say, absolutely, yes, ma'am, come on, let's go. I got you. Because at the end of the day, I would want somebody to help out my family if I wasn't there to do the same thing. And so, again, that's why it's so important that everybody does the best they can to support one another and really protect and help one another in some strange times. That's why it's so important to know your local community. 
know your local county, know your local sheriff. My gosh, I say that all the time, and I can't reiterate that anymore. The sheriff is the final say-so as far as security when it comes to county. And, I mean, if they're a big enough county like we are in Polk, they have a huge footprint in the state of Florida. Like I said, the Polk County Sheriff's Department has the absolute best hurricane response team in the entire country, far none. And so, again, that's another benefit when you're with a county that actually has their head screwed on right and they're not bent on trying to make sure that criminals have more rights than law-abiding citizens like they have out in California and L.A. You actually have the rule of law that is applied equally and justly, justfully across the board with everyone. So, again, I encourage you guys. Thank you for staying strong. Thank you for staying healthy. Whatever happens in the next couple months, just remember – We'll be here on the show just like we are during COVID. I encourage you guys the best we can. If you're down in Florida, I always tell everybody, come on, stop by the office. You know, we're here all the time. I mean, I'm in and out a lot. Dad's in and out a lot. But we're always here, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. We're always here to help everybody out the best we possibly can. And I enjoy chatting with like-minded people and people that are on the same page with a lot of stuff. Because, again, this is why we try to get this information out there, like this whole Highway Angel program. Then this guy, Michael who found these kids, you know, and blasted, blasted the guy out there with the state troopers and got him pulled over and saved these kids. The Highway Angel program started in 1997. I didn't really re- I didn't really clarify this. And what it is, it's a program that recognizes professional truck drivers for exemplary courtesy and courage they have shown others while on North America's roadway. They've recognized more than 50 recipients uh, a year with more than 1,250 to date. And so, you know, over-the-road truckers, that's a serious job. It really is. I've known guys have done it. It's an intense job. It's, it's a lot of work. People think I was driving. It's a lot of work. And it's how our entire country operates with trucking. And so I really appreciate these guys that are out there that are doing a good job, that are being courteous, that are seeing something and calling it out. Because these guys exposed a lot of stuff on the road with as much seat time as they have. So I encourage you guys, be involved, be vigilant, be aware, and continue to get the truth out there. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. You know where to get a hold of us. Different sales and specials like the immune support kit right now on the front page. Also the mood booster stack with the B complex, the C and the omega-3 right on the front page like I've talked about. Or if you just want to check out the 5-HTP on its own on sale right now for over 10% off as product of the week. So be sure to check that out as well. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. 
This is the Global Star Radio Network. 